Would you join me in prayer this morning? Good morning, Father. What a joy we have to gather as one in your name and in your presence. We pray that our worship is pleasing to you today. We pray, Lord, that our passion to honor your instructions for worship might abound. That we read, we pray, we sing, we preach your word for your glory. Lord, in the text we look at this morning, we find expressing there our longing that you make your face to shine upon us. That you make us to receive your favor. Not for our own, your glory. We are fickle in so many ways, yet you are always faithful. We are fallen creatures and we continually pursue selfish passions. Thank you that your mercy abounds. You could and should judge us immediately in our sin, but you withhold justice and give us grace. We pray that your glorious grace may saturate us in every way. That you would use your grace to break the power of sin in our lives. That you would give us hearts that love and pursue you with with urgency. There are so many needs gathered here in this room today. I pray that your spirit will tenderly touch each one. Encourage our hearts. Bring peace to our souls. Allow us to see and experience your strong hands working in us. Make your power and presence known in the midst of our ailing bodies. Make your hope abound in struggling relationships and marriages. Give new expectations to those who are weary in this life. Give peace to those who are struggling with anxiety, with heartache. We pray that you would regenerate those who are trapped in sin today, that today would be the day of salvation. And Father, we make this prayer today in the precious, redemptive name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to take a breath. Take a big breath right now. Can you do that? Just take a breath. Let it out. Good. Everyone's breathing. That's not something we should take advantage, uh, take um, for granted in our world today, right? We've just come through COVID where breathing has been examined. We wear masks that limit our breathing. But breathing is essential to life, and we all kind of take it for granted. It's kind of a passive thing that we do. I think... If we knew more about it, maybe we would take a little bit more um, interest in it and understand that there should be care taken in how we breathe. In other words, the way we breathe has an impact upon our health, even our lives. Neurologists and pulmonologists at Stanford, Harvard, and other institutions found that breathing habits were directly related to physical and mental health. Breathing properly can allow us to live longer and healthier lives. Breathing poorly, by contrast, 
can exacerbate and sometimes cause a laundry list of chronic diseases, asthma, anxiety, hypertension, and the rest. Do you know that inside the breath that you just took, there are more molecules than there are grains of sand on the face of this earth? It's pretty amazing, right? And you bring in, inhale and exhale, about 30 pounds of these molecules every day of your life. It's pretty interesting. So you wouldn't want to go through life holding your breath. And I would submit to you today that you wouldn't want to go through life withholding your time in God's Word and in prayer because they are your spiritual breathing. They are the key to your life, your strength. We've been talking a lot about prayer lately. We're committed today to prayer and to fasting. There are things that are on our minds. There are issues. There are burdens that we have. And we long to know what God's insight is. We long to know what God's mind is in these matters. And so we pray. We fast. We put our physical needs aside in order to seek the spiritual. Prayer is one of God's great gifts to us. Most of us realize it's important, but I'm not sure that we value it enough. We tend to, I tend to undervalue prayer and overvalue Jerry's efforts and ingenuity. The psalm that we're looking at this morning is a prayer. It has a close connection to the ironic blessing that you find in Numbers chapter 6, verses 24 through 26, which says this, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace. You've probably heard that as a benediction, a blessing pronounced at the end of a service, a worship service. He says, the Lord bless you or give favor to you. The Lord keep you or watch over you, protect you. The Lord make His face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. It's a wonderful prayer. It's a blessing in itself to have that prayer uttered over us. But the psalmist seems to be going deeper here in the 67th Psalm. He unpacks it for us, revealing more urgency and explaining why it is important. It's a straightforward psalm, a straightforward prayer. It doesn't require a lot of exegesis. There are four basic requests in this prayer. And with each one, the psalmist gives us a reason why this is something we should ask for. This is something we should be praying for. So let's go through them this morning. As we're focusing on prayer, prayer in this day, a commitment that we've made, prayer that should be an integral part of our spiritual health and strength daily. Look at request number one. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make His face to shine upon us. In other words, grant us redemption from enemies, from sin, from sickness that would plague us in this world. This prayer acknowledges that our welfare depends upon God. 
In fact, any time you pray, you're essentially saying, I am utterly dependent upon God. That's why it's so important for us. We like to depend upon ourselves. We like to depend upon one another. We like to depend upon other things that we can see, that we can touch. But Scripture is very clear that our dependency must be upon God. Prayer is critical for this. It reminds us of this. It rehearses this. It fuels this dependency in God. Be gracious, he says. In other words, be merciful. We do not deserve God's favor. We cannot presume upon God's favor, though many do. Many people expect or they think that they're entitled to God's favor. We deserve His judgment. As sinners, we deserve His judgment. He's a holy God. Again, we undervalue this difference between us. We deserve His judgment. It's impossible for us to comprehend holiness versus sinfulness. We can't appreciate just how offensive our sin is before God. But in Christ's finished work, we can dare approach God. In Christ, we have access to the Father without fear, without judgment. In fact, we come fully, completely accepted into God's holy presence. The great exchange that took place, our sin, our unrighteousness, exchanged, placed upon Him at the cross, that we might receive His righteousness, His holiness, and therefore be reconciled to God. Be gracious, be merciful to us. Give us favor. Bless us. Give us your favor. Give us your best. That's what we long for. Isn't it amazing how often we think we know what's best for us, right? Well, I'm here to suggest to you today that God does more on our behalf by accident than we can ever do intentionally. In fact, that's not even possible. But hopefully it helps you understand God's best for us is always far superior to anything we can do for ourselves. Hence why we need to be praying. Hence why we want to know God's mind in things that we're doing. We need to know what God wants for us, not what we desire for ourselves. Mercy withholds what's desired, favor speaks of grace, giving us what we do not deserve. Every blessing from God is a gift of grace. James 1, 17 says, Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. 2 Corinthians 9, 8. I want to share it with you this morning from the Amplified Version of the scripture. The Amplified translation of 2 Corinthians 9 8 says this And God is able to make all grace, every favor, and earthly blessing come in abundance to you so that you may always, under all circumstances, regardless of the need, have complete sufficiency in everything, being completely self sufficient in Him, and have an abundance for every good work and act of charity. That's a mouthful, isn't it? In Psalm 5, verses 11 and 12, the psalmist writes, But let 
All who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them, that those who love your name may exult in you. For you bless the righteous, O Lord. You cover him with favor as with a shield. Psalm 84, 11 and 12. For the Lord God is a sun and shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And make his face to shine upon us. This is the one that probably resonates with most of us more than anything else here. Sometimes it's helpful for me. I don't know about you, but it's most helpful for me when I'm trying to understand something is to think about its antithesis. What, what is it not saying? And when I think about this statement, the Lord make His face to shine upon us, what would be the opposite? For the Lord not to make His face to shine upon us, right? For the Lord to turn His face away from us. In other words, rather than the, the Lord's blessing, the Lord's pleasure... The Lord's displeasure, the Lord turning away from us, even the curse, the curse that sin has brought upon us. Psalm 34, 16 says, The face of God is against those who do evil. In Deuteronomy 31, 17 and 18, in Moses' final sermon to the people, he says, God says, Then my anger will be kindled against them in that day. Why? Because they have forsaken me, and I will hide my face from them, and they will be devoured. And many evils and troubles will come upon them, so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us. And I will surely hide my face in that day, because of all the evil that they have done. Because they have turned to other gods. When Jesus hung on the cross and took on the burden of our sin. The scripture says the Father turned His face away, right? My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He died there, exhausting every drop of God's wrath for our sin. Yet Peter preached later in Acts chapter 2, verse 32, this Jesus God raised up. curse was swallowed up. God's justice was satisfied. And the Father again turned His face toward the Son. And for those who are in Christ, He makes His face to shine upon us. Psalm 80 states this request three times. Restore us. He says in verse 3, O God, let your face shine that we may be saved. Verse 7, Restore us, O God of hosts, let your face shine that we may be saved. Verse 19, Restore us, O Lord God of hosts, let your face shine that we may be saved. In Christ, He makes His face to shine upon us and is gracious to us. As a pastor for so many years, one of, the, one of the highlights of being a pastor is to stand usually right here at the front during a wedding ceremony, getting ready to join two young people together in matrimony. Being back behind the veil, behind the doors with that 
groom who's nervous and excited and expectant and anticipating, reminding him, breathe, reminding him the things that he has to do, and coming out and standing here. And all the pomp that begins to unfold as the bridesmaids come in and the ushers come in and seeing all the people who are there to wish them well and support them. But there's, a, there's an incredible moment and it's one that I long for and it's very brief. It just takes a twinkling of an eye. But there's a moment when everyone's standing there and watching all this, unhap- this, all this happen and that, that young Groom is standing there waiting, 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 and then all of a sudden, there she is. She comes from out of nowhere, seemingly, and is there at the other end of the aisle. And the connection, and she looks at him, and he looks at her. And his face and her face just shine upon each other. That communion, that joy... The blessing, that's what I see here when I read this statement, Lord, make your face to shine upon us. Alex described it this way. He said, the face represents His presence and the shining His grace, the beaming expression of a pleased Father giving favors to His children. Proverbs sixteen fifteen says, in the light of a king's face there is life. And His favor is like the clouds that bring the spring rain, bringing fruitfulness. So what's the reason for this request? That your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. The idea here is not to simply know intellectually about God, but it's to know experientially who God is that they may come to put their trust and their faith in Him. The one uttering the prayer, the psalmist is saying here, is not asking for these blessings for themselves alone, but so that God's name might be magnified before the world. And others might come to know Him experientially. Know Him as King, as Lord. Be gracious and grant us favor. Let your face shine on us so the world will see how wonderful and kind you are. So the world will want a relationship with you. So the world will turn from sin and self and trust only in you. Request number two. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy. When we look around the world today, we don't see this, do we? That's not what we see at all. Instead, we see hostility, we see violence, we see destruction, we see mistrust and suspicion. We see oppression, we see servitude, we see mourning, grieving. We see poverty, hunger, and hopelessness. Father, be gracious and favor us, not for our own benefit, but that the world might have hope. That the world might see salvation in and through us. They might see that there is a good and benevolent king who longs to know them and redeem them and draw them to himself and bless them and make his face to shine upon them. 
Do it so that the nations will be glad and sing for joy. That day's coming. <laughs> that day's coming. As we hear the hostilities and we hear the gunfire and the cannons and the rockets and we hear the crying out in death and pain and suffering, we long for the day when all that we hear in our ears is the joyful shouting and songs of praise being uttered to the King of kings and Lord of lords. That this creation may be filled with worshipers of Yahweh. Why? What reason? Because it says you are a fair and righteous judge. All the iniquities that exist in the fallen world will be rectified. They will be changed. All the injustices that humans do to one another, you will remedy. The tyrants and the bullies seem to have their way now, but there's a day coming when you will make everything right. But not only is he just, ultimately, the psalmist is making the case that even in this world that's tainted with brokenness and, and death and despair, he is right and just now. That he is sitting upon the throne. That he is sovereign and perfect creator and sustainer. Even now, though our limited perspective, everything seems to be unraveling. God is working faithfully, even now, to achieve His perfect purpose. Isaiah 55, He says, Listen, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are high, higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. We can't see it now. We can't understand it all now. But He is a right and just God who can be trusted he is steadfast in His love, even now. Lord, we pray that You will be gracious and favorable to us, that through Your radiant grace and goodness, people will have hope. That they will look to You and praise Your name, singing for joy, the just one, the good and faithful judge, who will bring justice ultimately, the righteous King who administers this world perfectly now. Request number three, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Again, the psalmist prays for voices to be lifted to honor Yahweh. I can't read this without thinking about Revelation 7. After this I looked, and behold, a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne, and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Why? What's the reason? Psalmist, he says, the earth has yielded its increase. God our Father has been faithful in the past. He's always blessed. He's always provided. His provision is on display. His goodness and kindness is easily observed. And we can trust and believe He will do it again. No matter what the landscape looks like today, God's provision is abundant and faithful. Rejoice. Praise Him with confidence and expectation, for He will do it again in His time.
He's promised. He's working. He's moving and bringing it to fruition. The fourth request. God shall bless us. God, bless us. Do it again, Father, like you have always done. When Adam and Eve rebelled against you, it seemed like there was no hope. And God said, there is hope. There's a seed coming through woman who will crush Satan, the deceiver's head. And bring redemption, salvation, and deliverance to this fallen world. Even when you promised to deliver, a Savior would come to rescue us. When the house of Israel faced life-threatening famine... God had already placed Joseph in Egypt to provide redemption for them. When your people found themselves enslaved in Egypt, you raised up a redeemer right in Pharaoh's own household and delivered your people. When your people wandered through a barren wilderness without ample provisions, God fed them and watered them every day for 40 years in a desert when they entered the land as you promised it was you who vanquished the enemies before them over and over and over again God's hand has moved in victorious triumphant redemptive ways for his people Lord bless your people again Bless us again. Make your face to shine upon us that the peoples of the world might give praise and glory and honor to you because you are worthy. All that we have comes from you. Let your mercy and favor be upon us. Make your steadfast so obvious that the unregenerate cannot ignore you. Do it, Lord, that all the ends of the earth may be in awe of you. On this day, as we commit ourselves to a spirit of prayer, to actual prayer, to fasting and prayer, what what better gift do we have than to go to this God, this King, this good and faithful one, and ask Him for His grace, for His mercy, for His provision, for His blessing? For the sake of the world, for His own glory, and for our joy. Pray with me. Father, we praise You this day and Your purpose for it. Lord, You guide us always. You surround the righteous with Your favor as a shield. Lord, this day we pray that You would shield us from sickness, from isolation, anxiety, attack, and calamity. Bless our lives with your favor, God. We want to experience your joy, that which isn't circumstantial. Joy that leads us faithfully through pain and marches alongside us in triumph. Lord, we pray the blessing of Psalm 8411 over our lives today. For the Lord God is our sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold from those who walk before Him. Weaken our hearts each day to seek you first, Lord, not to trust in ourselves. Through Jesus' sacrificial death on the cross, we come to you for forgiveness of our sins. Inspire us to turn and repent from anything which threatens to separate us from you. Search our hearts.
Renew a right spirit in us. We pray for your favor to pour down on our lives, our relationships, our friendships, and that it might spread like wildfire to everyone you've placed in our lives. From our spouses, to our co-workers, throughout our church family, and those we pass in the grocery store aisles. May your favor, Lord God, rest on us. Establish the work of our hands. We pray the words Paul wrote, Father, for it is by grace we've been saved through faith, and this is not from ourselves. It is a gift from you. God, not by works so that any of us can boast. Inspire us to dig into your word and your truth each day. Father, enable us to see our world, our days, our lives from your perspective. Replace any cynicism in our hearts with the hope of Christ Jesus. Help us to live lives that are saturated with your love. Through the Spirit of the Lord in us, through Christ, we pray that you press us in the right direction. So many thoughts in our minds daily. Lord, help us to call attention to the ones we need to plant and the others we need to throw out. Be the voice of reason which helps us determine the difference between truth and lies. Lord, we know, even when we cannot see or feel your blessings, you surround us with them. When we seek you, we will find you. This is a promise we find in your word. Change our perspective. Allow us to feel the rhythm of your movement in our lives and, Lord, through our hearts. We offer this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.